0: of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin. I'm the host of the Wedding Dish Podcast and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. I have my little French bulldog bud Clouseau taking a uh, twice-baked potato nap behind me, so you might hear some some loud snoring. He, of course, barked on the one I recorded earlier today, so the snoring is a relief. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I have an amazing guest with me. I am very excited. I made sure that most of, um, most of the questions I'm asking, I actually don't know his answers to, which makes me very excited. I have the founder and CEO of Rice Speech Writing, Eddie Rice. Thank you so much for being here with me today.
0: Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be joining you.
1: Yes, I am so excited that you're here. I'm excited to talk about all things speeches and speech writing and speech prep, all the good stuff. Me too. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, let's dish. First of all, I'm curious, how long have you been in business?
0: It's been 10 years. I was very wow. surprised um, when I started to count up. I was looking at your questionnaire before the show and I was like, yeah, it's been 10 years. I think 2012 is when I started.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's a pretty big milestone. <laughs> I love it. So, what made you decide to start a speech writing business?
0: Um, I was looking for direction in my life at that point. Um, I had actually been a teacher for five years and enjoyed it tremendously, but I just knew it wasn't really my path at the moment. So I, would, I thought I was going to be a public speaking coach for people, that I was going to help them get up on stage and present and, and, and to learn how to deliver presentations well. But I had no business sense at the time and couldn't get a client to save my life. I didn't know how to prospect, I didn't know how to set up a website, I didn't know any of that. So <laughs> what I did instead is I relied on my writing abilities and started to search out freelance writing opportunities. And before it was Upwork, um, the website was called Elance, I think. And I went on to there, saw that people needed speeches written. And I thought to myself, well, I can do that. I wouldn't have to coach them I could just write them the speech, and then we would be done, and that would be it. And sure enough, I did, uh, you know, a, a few pitches and made uh, a few great clients, and made friends out of them as well. And eventually, taught myself then all of the necessary steps of like how to start a business, how to have a niche, how to have a website, how to do SEO. And I took all of those clients I got off of Elance and took them offline and started my own base from there. And just grew the business uh, through content marketing, through an email list, and then through referrals.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That's very smart. That's so fascinating. I am also a a recovering teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I taught darkroom photography back in the day.
0: (laughs) Oh, very cool.
1: Um, Awesome. So I am curious. What are some do's and don'ts for writing a speech because when we're writing a speech specifically about a wedding so like we're talking like a toast right like um and when we're thinking about that there I've seen them go incredibly well and I have seen them fall incredibly flat and I have seen them be very embarrassing and I have seen them be really endearing um so there there's a lot of there's a huge spectrum here um so let's start with some do's. Like, What are some things to keep in mind when writing a wedding toast for someone else's wedding?
0: Of course. So what I tell people is you want to have two main goals for any toast. Honor the person and honor the event. And if you can make those two things happen in your toast, then you're in a very, very good spot, which means you know, you want to tell stories that honor the couple that are getting married. You want to address both members of the wedding couple. You want to tell stories that honor them, that don't embarrass them, and instead show why there's such a great group, great two people getting married. And in addition, you want to keep your speech really short. I would say three to five minutes. And if you're writing that out, that's only maybe 450 to 750 words. That's not much at all. Um, and then you want to personalize the toast. So when you get to the end, you have that one to two lines where you say, everyone raise your glass. I really love to personalize it by bringing up a special song, book, movie quote that uh, the couple has in common and use that as the ending uh, cheers that you would give to the audience.
1: That's Those are such great points. I mean, you could just take what you said and actually sit down and write from that that's incredible. That's so helpful. Um, And it made me totally like reflect on, I have no idea how long my speech was at my best friend's wedding, Um, but it was probably about a minute and a half. (laughs) It was short. I did not write it in advance. In fact, I forgot I was doing it in all of the chaos of trying to get her. (laughs) And then when it came up, I was like, it'll just happen. And it went, it went great.
0: But you have a great relationship with the bride and that probably, you know, gave you that solid basis, that foundation to craft a great speech.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, I, again, as a former teacher have no concerns with standing up in front of a group and speaking, which definitely gave me a leg up. But mine was, it was very like included both of them very specifically and didn't talk about her as a unit, like separately from the two of them together, Um, which also was probably a nice thing now that I think about the things you just said. Um, Instead of telling stories about my relationship with Lauren, it's probably nice that I talked about the two of them and their relationship.
0: (laughs) Yes, very much so.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Well, I'm glad I now I don't have to worry about that later. Um, (laughs) And speaking of what I don't have to worry about later, so our listeners don't have to worry about anything later. What are some don'ts about writing a wedding toast?
0: Sure. Um, One of them is you don't have to try to be funny. I think so many people go up there and they want to have those one liners that absolutely kill. Or those canned jokes that they read off the internet. Just don't force the humor. Allow it to be more natural. If you have a funny story, tell the funny story and allow the humor to come out naturally within the joke. Um, you, most people are not stand up comedians. And I think there's this false impression that we get from Hollywood and TV that these toasts have to be hilarious. Well, you're not a screenwriter. You aren't, you know, doing screen testing for all of your jokes and making sure that they land perfectly. And no one's expecting that. So don't feel like you have to force the humor. And then I've got another rule. Don't tell a story that you wouldn't tell at dinner with the in-laws of the couple. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to imagine that you are sitting there with the in-laws of the couple at dinnertime and you just think to yourself, what stories would I tell? What stories would I not tell? And you know that's going to be a good barometer for what you include or not include in your toast. And then finally, um, don't read from your cell phone. Uh, this is a kind of a pet peeve of mine, where one, your cell phone's probably going to die. It's probably been on all day long, and you're down to 10% battery. And also, it does this weird thing where it um, gives off the backlight onto your face. And that makes it really hard for photographers then to take your picture because they have to then compete with that backlight and they're not gonna edit that out in the final photography. So you don't wanna use your cell phone. Instead, I would say, print out your speech in bold, um, every other line, have it spaced out so you can read it. And then the bold letters um, are there because it's probably gonna have, you know, some dim lighting at the reception. So you wanna make sure you can read it well under that dim light.
1: Yeah. And know the way you read, I would imagine, because, you know, if you do really well with just bullet points and speaking, then writing it out, like, I'm a horrible out loud reader, um, which is probably one of the reasons that I didn't read. Um, it's just not, I'm not great at it. and That's also one of the reasons that this podcast is, like, mostly unscripted. Well, it's scripted, but it's loose form. It's bullet points. Um And so no, I think knowing yourself is probably helpful with that. And to echo what you said, first of all, one, I am no, I am not as your photographer editing out the blue black light or the backlight on your face. Um, It would be so difficult to do that. Even if you turn the photo black and white, it's just like doesn't look natural. And it also can cast strange shadows um, that just don't look great. Also, it's so small. It is it's so small. Like our phones are giant, but it is so so Like, so if you don't have the best eyesight, then you're going to really struggle there. Um, so I so appreciate as a photographer, but uh, also as like someone that has seen people struggle with wedding speeches, um, you calling that forward. And, and the same goes for an iPad, which is, or a tablet, which is going to be larger, but still, um, it's it's going to give you that backlight, that um, bounce light that's going to be blue. And nobody looks good in blue light. Um. <laughs>
0: very, very, true. very true. And I love what you said about the bullet points. I think that's a really good way of doing it as well. Just go with what's natural for you. If you need your sentences all spelled out and to read, that's perfectly fine. But if you can improvise with the bullet points, that's even better, I think. Um, just go with what's natural for you. Obviously rehearse ahead of time with the type of speech that you are going to give.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. And that's actually on my unscripted bullet pointed list um, to ask you why is rehearsal important? <laughs> right.
0: Why is it not? I mean, it's it's so many things in our life, they seem spontaneous. And I think we see stand-up comedians pull material out of their back pocket and you're like, where did they come up with that joke right on the spot? They prepared that joke way ahead of time. You just didn't see all of the takes that it took for them to get there. Or if we're watching sports on TV, we see people make these amazing catches and we don't see the hours and hours of practice that went into it. Well, public speaking is the same thing where if you don't prepare, if you don't rehearse, you're, you're going to be much more nervous on the big day and you're not going to be prepared and it's going to come out very stilted very like you're going to have tons of pauses lots of likes and ums and ahs it's going to be very obvious that you didn't prepare but if you took the time ahead of time to practice your speech in front of critical friends in front of your dog in front of your mirror whoever's going to listen to you and if you just take those few moments out of your day to practice Just a little bit at a time. You're going to have a much more confident and just better sounding speech overall.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know to echo that. The if you are very nervous, then there is the tendency to over drink before you get up to (laughs) the mic per se.
0: Oh yes, and that has been the downfall of so many wedding toasts. Um, You can just Google them on YouTube. And just look for like wedding toast fails. And every single time, it is the person who has had three drinks too many. They're up there on stage. They haven't prepared. And they're giving the worst toast of their life. And it's there for everyone to see. And you got to think in the audience, everyone's got their phone out for this moment. You're going to be on TV or YouTube, whether you like it or not. You better come prepared and rehearsed rather than trying to wing it with the power of alcohol.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, And I, for preparing for this podcast, when I before I started, I recorded my intro and listened to it back on my phone. Um, And I would listen to it like as I tweaked it to make sure it sounded okay. Um, And I'd listen to it like while I brushed my teeth because. You know what else are you doing then? So that's and that also kind of gives you if you have one of those toothbrush timers, then um, that gives you the time frame of how long your speech is running.
0: I love that. That's going to go down in my tips. My tips category now. Yes,
1: <laughs> I love it. Feel free to take it. It's you know that toothbrush timer goes two minutes, so you've got. A short amount of time beyond that, and it's the time to swish through your mouth and wipe your face, and then your speech should be done.
0: (laughs) We'll call it the toothbrush test now. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So what are some questions um, that the toast giver should ask themselves when preparing to give a wedding speech?
0: Sure. So when people work with me, I have a questionnaire that I send out ahead of time and it has a list of questions. We won't go through all of them because we'd be here for a very, very long time. Um, But I think, you know, you want to ask the right questions when writing your toast. You want to brainstorm a lot of really good ideas. So some of those questions are, what are the best qualities about this person? What are some of the funny things this person says? What's this person's story? What obstacles have they overcome? Um, when they, if you knew them growing up, what stories do you have about that time or when you knew them in college or when you knew them recently? And then, you know, stories about the couple, how did the couple first meet? Were you instrumental in making that happen? Or how did you meet one member of the wedding couple, um, after the other? Um, also, you know, how have you watched this person grow into the person they are today? So you want to tell stories that show people essentially in their best light. You want to show stories of growth. You want to show stories that honor the person. Um, And as long as you're doing that, you're on the right track for a great toast.
1: I love that, that that you're you're there to honor that person. You're not there to um, necessarily. Well, sometimes you can make jokes at that person's expense, um, and that person will enjoy it if that's the type of person that they are. Um, but honoring what they would want, if they want to be teased or roasted in any exactly. sort of way, then great, you're honoring them by doing that. But um, I that's such a wonderful way to put it because. Um, Oftentimes, at least from in my experience, it feels like as you're building out your toast, you're you kind of are. It's not about the person giving the toast. It's about the other people. And sometimes I see people stand in their own way. And that also can make you even more nervous when you stand up there because you're talking about yourself as opposed to honoring the other person or the other couple.
0: Exactly. You want to come at it with humility. And it's about them. It's their special day. It's not your special day, even if you are a member of the wedding couple, wedding party. Excuse me. Um, you know, it's really about the two people that are getting married, and not about you.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm so with you on that. Um, I love that. Um, so, is there a specific outside of the questions that we have now asked ourselves? Is there a specific structure or flow to a toast that helps it be successful?
0: I think so. There's a few different structures you can use in a toast. Now, I have have two that I recommend. One is you tell one great story. So you figure out one story that you want to tell that's going to honor the couple that's getting married. Or if you have the time, if you want to go closer to maybe five minutes, you can tell three short stories. You can tell the story of how you met one member of the couple, how you met the, the other member of the couple. And then third just a story about the two of them together. So you can structure your speech that way and you want to make it around stories because that's the easiest thing to memorize. Um, Everyone can tell a story. Um, And then it's the easiest thing to listen to as well. Audiences identify with stories and they can feel themselves living those stories as you tell them. So I love doing that. And then usually adding in a little bit of advice for the couple and then ending with a one to two line cheers at the end uh, to end it all.
1: That's a really good structure. I like that. Um, adding in that piece of advice and and then honoring them with the cheers too, and and also getting everybody else involved. It gets everybody else excited to feel like not only are were they engaged in the story, but like they're part of it. Exactly. Very smart. Um, so. What are some important things to remember when speaking in front of the couple and their wedding guests? I know we kind of have covered some of this. It's it's about the couple. It's not about the person giving the toast per se. Um, while they may be the accent in this, um, they're not the subject of the story. Um, but some of the things you know, and we also said not to tell, not to roast someone if it isn't their, if that's not their preferred method of being spoken about on their wedding day. Um, But is there anything important when you're actually standing up there um, to remember, you know, as you're walking up to stand in front of the couple and all of their wedding guests, is there anything else important that you would, um, you would like our listeners to remember?
0: I think there's a few things. One, you want to make sure that you're addressing the audience. So as much as you want to turn um, to the couple that's getting married um, and talk to them, which you should do during your toast, you have to remember there's a full audience there, and you want to make sure that you're making eye contact with them. Two, I think it's just breathing. Um, I know it's super basic and super simple, but a lot of people forget to breathe when they're talking. And what that ends up what that does to somebody is you run out of breath by the time that you get to the end of your sentence. And it sounds like your words are getting cut off at the end. So you want to make sure that you're taking deep breaths as you go up there and giving yourself time to pause as you deliver your speech. And third, um, just holding the microphone, making sure that you're holding it in a way that it is close to your mouth, um, that it can, you know, the, the sound actually goes through. Uh, because some of these mics, if you hold them too far away, you're not going to be able to be heard. So if you've never really held a mic before, you know, try it out ahead of time, practice a little bit and get comfortable with the microphone. You can go to a guitar store or any or a music store, and I'm sure you can test it out there and just try it. Um, And it's just another step that you can take to be a little bit more prepared than the average person on the wedding day.
1: The all incredible points. Um, I, so when I, when we started this podcast, we were in studio and I used to always say maximum one aloha, like mahalo away from your mouth is where the mic should be. Um, but when I would really like when we would get the best sound quality is when the person, um, would have the mic close enough or the, at least the pop filter close enough to their mouth that it would almost touch it. Um, so you almost feel like if you're, if you wear lipstick um, that you might get lipstick on it and that so that's kind of those were always my key markers for that um, and I think you know that gets the best um, sound quality but keeping it consistent is also important because if the DJ or someone in the sound booth is, mu- is um, you know having to change the audio if you're moving it further and then closer so if it's doing this <laughs> yes I did just do that <laughs> Um, then they have to keep you know bumping up the sound level or taking it down. So being consistent even if you're not positive you're doing it right is probably the better move than just um, you know, um then, than trying to remember to move it or and then getting too close and then too far away and moving it back and forth. Um, but for I appreciate the first thing you said so much too, because um as as the photographer, I love to see the re- the interaction between the couple and the person who's giving the speech. But if I only am getting like the back of the person's head and I need to do like a wide arc – then I'm an incredible distracting figure as the as the actual photographer because I'm like now I'm moving between the audience, the guests, and the couple and the um, the person giving the toast. So I do appreciate that you pointed that out, and I never thought about it. But as soon as you said it, I started picturing different situations where I've seen the person only look at the couple. And have their back to the audience, or and then everyone starts talking too, right? Cause like right. they're not engaged in it because you're not interacting with them. Um, so then you don't get the guest interact or reactions, and you can't get, you know, from one point of view, get the couple and the person giving the toast. So um, those were all really, really good points, very important, and also things that. I had never realized were really helpful in all of the weddings that I have been a part of. So that really awesome advice. I so appreciate
0: that. (laughs) It's all those really tiny, small details that end up mattering in the end.
1: I know. It's so crazy. It's like three minutes, but there are all of these things that actually make a difference in that three minute time period. Huge. Awesome. Well, On that note, we are going to take a super fast break on The Wedding Dish, and we will be right back with Eric Rice talking all about wedding toasts and all the good stuff on The Wedding Dish. Stay tuned. And we are back. Welcome back to The Wedding Dish. I am here with Eddie, not Eric. Sarah, get it together, Rice, from Rice Speech Writing. And we are talking about all things toast, toast writing, toast giving, um, and even who to ask to write or to, um, to give a toast at your wedding. So um, as a couple, Eddie, um, what are some important things to consider before asking someone to speak at your wedding?
0: I think the most important consideration is trust. Just how much can you trust this person to deliver a great toast? It doesn't mean that they have to be a great public speaker. But if you're thinking through it and saying to yourself, wow, every single time I go out with this person, they embarrass us somehow. That might not be the best person to have giving a toast at your wedding. But instead, you want to make sure that you have a conversation with them ahead of time if you're worried about them saying something that you don't want them to say. Or to give them tips on you know this is how you can give an effective toast, but it, it just comes down to trust. It's just will you trust them with three to five minutes to say something nice about you during the ceremony? And if not, then that's okay, and you can ask somebody else to give a toast, and that's not a problem at all. Um, but just be prepared to have that conversation if you need to, but it does always just come back to trust
1: that's a a really good point. What happens if you don't trust your best person or um, best person of honor?
0: Then it's probably time for a difficult conversation. Um, It's going to depend on just how good of a relationship you have with this person. And they might actually be feeling fear or trepidation and giving a toast. And you might be able to say, look, a toast is optional and you can give them an out very easily. And that might take some immense pressure off of them because they might be playing it up in their head saying, Oh my God, I have to give a great toast. How am I going to do this? If you can give them an out saying, Look, you might not have to. Would you be okay with that? That's one way to do it. And then if you're a very direct person, like I have a few cousins that deal with things very directly, if that's your style, then go at it. Um, But I think it's really more about having that conversation way ahead of time. Um, Just so no one's surprised and you don't do it at the last minute, saying the night before, oh, you don't have to give a toast. Uh, Have that conversation multiple months ahead of time with who you want to give your toast and why. And, you know, be able to lay out ground rules, saying, look, you know, certain things are off limits and these are my topics that I don't want anyone addressing. And you can distribute that list to others in the wedding couple if you'd like.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, That's a really good point. You know, I I think some people would prefer to be let off the hook, um, and other people would like nothing more than to have 35 minutes where they could stand up and speak. But giving a structure is is really helpful, and then you know having that conversation um, and making sure that you give them the things that they need and set them up for success, regardless of where they fall in that spectrum. It's a totally. great great point. Um, So do you have any recommendations, whether it's the couple, the parents of the couple, um, or, you know, if it's an officiant who's maybe a friend or, you know, the people of honor, um, what if they're nervous?
0: Sure. So one thing that you could do ahead of time is obviously prepare. Um, that takes away a lot of the nerves. But if you are still super nervous on that day, um, I teach two techniques. One is called deep breathing, and then the other is progressive muscle relaxation. So with deep breathing, you inhale for a count of three, you hold it for a count of three, and then exhale for a count of three. You repeat by adding another count onto that four, five, six seconds. And what that's going to do, it's going to bring your heart rate down, your breathing rate down, and it's going to calm and center you to give a great speech. But then progressive muscle relaxation works very similarly, where you tighten the muscle on your body, and you hold it for a count, and then you let it out for a count. Um, so it could be like making a fist and releasing it. Or a lot of people hold their tension in their shoulders. So it could be shrugging your shoulders for a certain count and then releasing them. Um, and that's going to make you feel a little bit better as well if you do that repeatedly over and over again. So those two things really help. And then another thing, if you have the time, I would say is join Toastmasters. Um, It's a club, it's an international club where people get together and they work on public speaking skills. There's clubs all around the world that you can join. And you'll have so many opportunities to get up there and give a speech in front of a group of very supportive and affirming people. It'll give you multiple opportunities to practice ahead of time and you'll be much more confident on the big day.
1: That's really helpful. Um, yeah, I had never thought about um, Toastmasters. Honestly, I didn't know what Toastmasters was until you were just explaining it. I was like, oh, I think I have heard of this. I feel like people have mentioned this to me. Um, but that's really helpful, you know, practicing and, and really like that's not just practicing and listening to it while you brush your teeth. <laughs>
0: right, The real deal.
1: That's the real deal. Um, what about people who, um, or I guess, would you recommend practicing with the couple, um, in any, any sort of capacity? Like if I were to be giving a speech, um, would you recommend that I practice my speech in front of my best friend?
0: Maybe. uh, And the reason I say maybe is just because I know how pressed for time people are during wedding prep. And I wouldn't want to add one more thing onto the couple's agenda for them to have to do and to listen to your speech ahead of time. And sometimes it's nice for them to get a nice surprise of the great things that you're going to say. Instead, I would find someone who you trust, um, who you trust to give good feedback to. Because there's people in our lives who will say, oh, what you're saying is absolutely great. And they'll give you kind of just very positive feedback, but it might not be very helpful And then you've got other people in your life who are super critical and might not have anything nice to say. You need to find that person who's going to be in the middle, who can balance out the positive feedback with the more necessary feedback to say, hey, I think this part works, but I don't think that part works. So you want to find that person in your life who you can go to advice for. They're probably that going to be a really good sounding board for your speech. I would go that direction to prep ahead of time.
1: Yeah. So think about the people when you say, do I look okay? Right. And then they say, your cheeks are a little bit like You've got a little bit too much blush on, but the outfit looks great. Or I can see your underwear lines, but the outfit looks great. Or whatever the case may be. Or maybe, um, I think everyone else is wearing a suit and you are in a polo. Um, so while you look fantastic, I don't think this is the right venue <laughs> for that. Um that kind of person is the, is the sweet spot. That makes total sense. Um, I, and I, I think, and yes, um, with the, with the couple being busy also, um, personally as the photographer, I prefer to have that raw reaction, um, when, when they get surprised or like think something's really funny. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, you make so many good points. This is really helpful. (laughs)
0: I'm glad this has been a lot of fun so far.
1: Well, yay. Now let me ask the tough questions. <laughs> <Just> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Muahahahaha. <ha>, <laughs> um this is this could be a tough question, who knows. Let's see. Um do you have a favorite story that you want to share with the wedding dish listeners?
0: Oh, sure. So this is really a story about me as much as, you know, toasts are about to be about other people. I'll tell my own story that I actually bombed at public speaking once. So it was part of Toastmasters. And one of the things they do is they have these competitions throughout the year where you can enter different contests and such. So I entered the humorous speech contest. You had to come up with a funny speech, give it, get everyone laughing. And if you did well enough, you would advance on to the next level of competition. So the first time I gave my speech, I did incredibly well. Everything landed. All of my jokes, people were laughing. All the funny stories, they loved them. I thought, you know, I've got a future at this. Maybe I could even be a stand-up comic. Who knows? Well, (laughs) I, I made it to the next level of the competition. I go there and it's a much larger group of people. And they're people that I really didn't know. The first group was my Toastmasters group and I'd known them really well. And I think that helped for a lot of the jokes to land. But this new group, I get up there and I tell the first joke and it's just crickets, silence. And I start freaking out um, internally. I didn't show it on my face, but I probably did. And then I tell the second joke, still silence. Maybe a little bit of like that tepid laughter of, like, oh, oh, maybe that was a joke and we should laugh. (laughs) And it just kind of snowballed from there to where it just did not go over well. Um, My stories were fine. And so was, you know, most of the speech, but it just wasn't a humorous speech at that moment. And I just sat down, just completely like just defeated and deflated. And there was another competition where we had to give an extem- extemporaneous speech, and my emotions were rolling so much from my previous speech that I blanked when I got the question. So this is all coming from someone who you know thought he could put a speech together, and a lot of the imposter syndrome kept creeping in, and I thought to myself, what am I going to do after this? Well, luckily, I kept on speaking. I said, you know what, I'm not gonna let this one moment hold me back. And instead, I'm going to find more opportunities to speak, more opportunities to help others to speak better so that they don't have to go through the same things that I went through in messing up. And it also is a story that I tell to my clients to say, look, just because you screwed up once at public speaking doesn't mean you're going to screw up again. Instead, you have an opportunity to succeed rather than an opportunity to fail. And that's something that I've taken with me every single time that I've gone out to speak or to help somebody else speak, saying, look, it was just one time. I don't think the people there even remember the event. And I've, you know, almost forgotten it till I remembered it the other day and said, oh, yeah, that did happen to me. So it's just one event that happened in my life. And that's all it is. And the new story I tell myself is I can do this. I can be better at it if I work at it. And that's what I've taken with me and what I hope other people take from it as well.
1: That's that's a really important story Um, because, you know, even when we're great at something, we're not always perfect. And it's so it's so important to know that it it is an opportunity to succeed the next time around. And um, even if you make a mistake that everyone will still love you for it afterward and you'll be you'll do a great job the next time around. You know, it's I I totally get it. Oh my gosh, I just got all the like feels for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um is there any last advice you'd like to offer the wedding dish listeners? Let's see here. I did throw a tough question in there. Look at me. <laughs>
0: We're kind of out of advice at this point. I mean, I've kind of gone through everything, but I'm going to, you know, just sum it up. Just honor the person. Honor the event. Make sure that you prepare well in advance, not just in writing your speech, but in rehearsing it. Get feedback early on and often from people and make sure it is that critical friend who's going to tell you the truth, who's going to help you out. And above all, have fun with this. Um, You know, find fun stories, find funny stories to tell, find good stories that truly show the wedding couple in their best light and you won't go wrong.
1: Amazing. Well put. Great summation. Mic drop right there. <laughs> well, thank you, Eddie, so much for being here with me today and joining us on The Wedding Dish. Um, where can people find you online?
0: Sure. They can go to ricespeechwriting.com. That's R-I-C-E, just like the food, then the word speechwriting.com you can download um, the first chapter of my new book, which is called Toast, Short Speeches, Big Impact. And I will be releasing it in April of 2022. So next month.
1: I am so excited for that. I can't wait to see. I'm definitely going to go get that first chapter. um, And we'll link out to all of the things in show notes on the Wedding Dish podcast. And then um, we'll also um, make sure that when the book is released next month, that we will add that into our description and into the show notes as well. I'm really excited for you. And congratulations on the book release.
0: Oh, thank you, Sarah. This has been wonderful.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your expertise with The Wedding Dish listeners. It's been so lovely to have you. This has been just the perfect way to end a Friday for me.
0: <laughs> me too. This was great.
1: Awesome. Well, while you are going over to uh, ricespeechwriting.com, you can find the weddingdishpodcast.com and you can grab our show notes. Transcripts are available there. You can apply to be a guest. um, And you can sponsor us if you want to help us keep bringing juicy wedding tips and tricks from couples and wedding pros alike. And you can find us over on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And um, please subscribe, follow, rate, and review The Wedding Dish on your favorite app. And this seems incredibly appropriate for my sign-off today. Until next time, cheers.